going to happen, but it just happened. God's got hot spots all over the place if we're just willing to get close to the fire. Because it's the fire that purifies, it refines, brings value to things. Fire brings value to gold. It starts out as a clump and then the fire takes control and it turns it into something that's holy, fit for the master's use. And we're in a hot spot right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Getting a hot spot. I remember our last trip to Israel. We were. We were over at Caesarea and we were supposed to go to Galilee. Well, Gary was our guide. And Gary just kind of smiles all the time. And I said, Gary, be sure you wait for us because we don't know the way over there. And the last we see of Gary is him going <laughs> and driving away an hour and a half in another direction. And we knew generally where we were going, but we didn't know exactly where we were going. So he said, well, you go over here and you go over there and you go over here. My phone was down to about 1%, and that was the last of communicating with Gary. So we get over to the Sea of Galilee, and that's a pretty big place, and we were looking for this place called Beit Bracha, which is the place we were supposed to stay. So we drive up this hill, and we go into these places, and we're, we're stopping here, and we're stopping there, and nothing looked like it. So finally, I just we saw this place that looked like it was some kind of place for people that were lost. <laughs> Was it the Sabbath? It was on the Sabbath. So we're up here wandering around the, the, uh, the southern tip of Galilee, and we pull into this place, and we were, we were getting desperate. We didn't know where to go. We were just going to jam. I forget even who was there. So I walk into this place and just ask them if I could start, charge my phone and uh, if they knew where Bait Bracha is. Well, they didn't necessarily know what Bait Bracha is, but sooner than that, here comes Chris and Darlene and uh, Jan, and everybody starts following me in the place. And we're standing in there, and I'm charging my phone, and all of a sudden the room just comes alive with people, and we find out that there were Holocaust survivors in there. It was an old folks nursing home. I'm an old folk. And we walked right into the middle of a hot spot. Because I remember one guy telling Chris, I didn't ever think I'd get to speak German again over here. And God put us right in the middle of a hot spot, and Jan and all of them were ministering. We were lost, but we were found. God led us right into that hot spot. And then people were happy because we had a holy visitation right there. We were lost. We didn't know where we was going. But right after that happened, guess what? Gary finally said, I'm at the bottom of the hill. I'll meet you there. And sometimes God just takes you into a place where you don't know where you're going. But if he takes you there, it's a hot spot. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let me have my Bible real quick. 
Thank you, Darlene. Hallelujah. I don't know how far I'll get, but Chris, is Hananel available? Would you go get it real quick? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, so you certainly don't. <laughs> what am I supposed to read here? Lord, help me. Hallelujah. Don't go anywhere, Jeremy. Are you getting chocolate? Yeah. She gives out chocolates all the time. Bring Hananel up here. Last night, last night we went to Cincinnati Christian College for a ballet. And Hananel was in ballet. And they've worked and they've worked for months and months and months and months to put on this program. And every song that they sang was a Christian song. They sung How Great Thou Art and Fairest Lord Jesus. I can't even remember. Come up here where, where everybody can see you. Come up here where everybody can see you. And uh, they had various groups, a lot of inner city kids uh, from, you know, different inner city churches and stuff. And she is part of the Heritage Ballet. Um, and I noticed how blessed all those kids were because they all had made special clothes. The parents had bought them all these special clothes. And, and there was kids doing their ballet and everything. And I was so touched. But what impressed me about them is, is that get in your stance like you're ready to start dancing. What's your, what's your ballet stance? You know, you know what I'm saying. Get in your ready. Show them your hands and stuff. Stay just like that. They did How Great Thou Art. And if you can see, she's ready. She is ready because they've taught her to be ready. And she will stand like that. And what I found is when the music started, the minute the music started, that was her cue just to start dancing. Oh, Lord. Act it out, will you? You know how to do the next part? Ready? Oh, Lord, my God. When I in awesome wonder consider all the world thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the roaring thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, 
to thee, God. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And what do you do when you're done? What do you do when you're finished? Do your bow. Hallelujah. The reason, I know she's my grandkid, and sometimes I, I just can't help, but the, the, the neat part about it was, as you could see, she was prepared. And when I saw all these inner city kids, and there's a bunch of Hispanic kids, and just, I, I, I want to read a scripture here if I can find it. And uh, I just, they all had costume changes, and it was just such a precious, precious event. And I thought, the minute the music started, she was ready. That was their cue. And I thought how great it would be in our worship services and in the presence of God that we are ready. We are poised. We're ready to go. We're ready to worship the Lord without distractions, without other things. And we just spring right into it. And then when it's done, we just bow before the Lord. And I thought all those kids that I saw, and I thought... A lot of these kids are from broken homes, and they're, they're from homes that just are non-functional. But as I saw their pride as they came out in their various ballet, whatever you call them, and, and things, you could tell they had made them in a great effort and went into them. And I thought, what a privilege. What a privilege that these kids get to hear the word of the Lord. And you know, in the inner city and in a lot of areas, there's places where there's no identity for kids. It's either in sneakers or something else or a way of doing things. But they were someone, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, were putting them in the presence of the Lord so that they could understand the privilege of what they were taking part in. And you talk about a bunch of proud young ladies they were so proud because they were identifying with something that had some substance. And I want to go to the book of Acts, chapter 12, chapter 11. Real quick, I'm not going to take too long. New Living Translation, thank you. Olivia, I think it's Olivia, yeah. Okay, well, I'll read it to you. Get your Bibles. Acts chapter 11 and verse. Well, let's go back. Back to verse 9. 11, 9, and we're going to finish at uh, 18 if I can get through this. Peter says here, but the voice from heaven spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. This happened three times before the sheet and all it contained was pulled back up to heaven. Just then, three men who had been sent from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were staying. And the Holy Spirit told me to go with them and not to worry that they were Gentiles. And these six brothers here accompanied me, and we soon entered the home of the man who had sent for us. 
He told us how an angel had appeared to him in his home, and he told him, send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He will tell you how you and everyone in your household can be saved. This is the power of the Word of God. It declares every time it's opened and preached that it will tell you in your household how to be saved. And as I began to speak, Peter said, the Holy Spirit fell on them. Whoa. Just as He fell on us at the beginning. Thank God today that we experienced the same Holy Spirit that they experienced. When you all were talking and going around and greeting each other in love and in fellowship, and, and some of you didn't know what to do next because when the Holy Ghost moves like that, all the disciples could do was turn their mouth over to God and speak in other languages and speak the voice of the Lord to those that didn't even understand what was going on. And I thought, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on. God wants to fall on His people in a powerful way so the revival will come to the church today and men will be set free from sin and doubt and criticism and self-hatred and guilt. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He said the Holy Spirit fell on them. And then he said, then I thought of the Lord's words when he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with what? With the Holy Spirit. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was to stand in God's way? And when the others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was studying a scripture the other day where Jesus told the, the Pharisees that they, they strain out a gnat. And in, in the Holy Land, what they would do, they would have a cloth in the water, and they would pour the water through the cloth and strain out a gnat. But swallow a camel is what he said. They were afraid to get a gnat in their teeth or a mosquito, but they would swallow a camel. And the Lord says to us today, we need to focus on the things that are significant, not the, the little things that don't matter, but the things that are significant about us and about the kingdom of heaven. Are you saved today? Are you full of the Holy Ghost? These are significant things. And when, when we lift up the name of Jesus, objections and things. We don't have time for that. We begin praising God. And they said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the what? The privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. If you're in here today and you're a Christian, you're giving your heart to, you are a privileged person because you have the gift, the privilege of repenting of your sins and receiving eternal life. So what's privilege mean? I'm going to tell you who you are today. The word privilege means you have a special right. You're a child of God. You're a son and daughter. You have a special right. You can go places in the spirit that the world can't go because they're walking to the flesh instead of the spirit. We are special today. Tell yourself that I'm special because God has given me privilege that my sin is forgiven. Wow, that's the greatest privilege. Look what else. It says it's an advantage. I got an advantage today. 
I said, I got an advantage today. <laughs> I got an advantage today. I got special privileges today. I have special gifts today. <laughs> what else? It means a special right. You know what special right you got? is to be called a son and daughter of God and be able to testify in his name. This is what the Lord's done to me. Well, he's been so good to me. What else does it mean? I have a special right, advantage, or immunity. I have immunity today. You say, well, how do you have immunity? <laughs> that means I'm not going to catch nothing. In courts, they give somebody that's going to testify in a certain way. They, get, they promise them immunity for their testimony. And I got to thinking about this when it says, I have immunity from the privilege of repenting of my sins and receiving eternal life. And I got to thinking, Lord, what immunity do I have? Well, Psalm 103 that I quoted this morning. I got immunity. And when I realize I have immunity, well, I'm telling you what immunity I got. The Lord, by saving my soul, has given me immunity against sin. And he said, if you testify, we'll give you immunity. And I got to thinking, well, who am I testifying about? Well, I'm testifying against the devil today that he has no power. He has no hold over you and he has no hold over me because we've been, we've been granted immunity by the blood of Jesus Christ and he no longer sees our past, present. He sees us for the blood of Jesus sprinkled on us. You have immunity today. Available only to a particular person or a group. So you're a particular person today in a group. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. What are the privileges that we have? What are the benefits that we have? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits or privileges. Don't forget them today. What a privilege to come in here today and worship in freedom. Look what else it says. Who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. You might say, well, I know people that don't get healed when you pray. Well, I know people that do. <laughs> I'm testifying that the devil is bad and our God is good today. And he has no power over us. Sin has no power over us. According to Romans chapter 6, sin has no power over you. Even though you might sin, you've been washed by the blood of Jesus, you are spotless, you're forgiven, and you have privileges today. One, this is a privilege. He heals all your diseases. 
We've take, started on Wednesday night asking people to pray for one another or give a short testimony. We don't want no negative testimonies. We want a testimony about the goodness of God and what he's done instead of, see, the world looks at God like he's robbing me. You ain't done this for me. Where a Christian should look at God and say, thank you, Lord, for doing this for me. I realize today that I have privileges that only a Christian have. I'm a particular person, and I belong to a particular group that can expect the blessings of God. He redeems my life from destruction. When you think back on your past life, it ought to make you stand to your feet and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You redeemed my life from destruction. Now, not everybody in here has had a raggedy life like I have, but those of you that have, you know just what I'm talking about. When the Lord came in, the stuff went out. <laughs> he redeemed you from destruction. <laughs> there must be revival going on somewhere because I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I said he redeemed your life from destruction. If you're here and he's redeemed you from destruction, you ought to be happy about that today. That's a benefit of the kingdom of God. It's a benefit. <laughs> it's a benefit. When you get old, you sign up for AARP. We just got them a few months ago, and they flood us with mail. When you get older, you'll see what I'm talking about. And everything says, do you know your benefits? Do you know your benefits? And the VA does the same thing. Are you using all your VA benefits? Well, I'll take these benefits instead. <laughs> he forgives my sins. He heals my diseases. <laughs> he redeems my life from destruction. What do we got up there? I have no idea. Oh, we're talking about privileges. He crowns me. We're in uh, Psalm 103. Thank you. I know I'm hard to follow today. Let's go over that again. He forgives all of my sins. Amen. 
He heals my diseases. He redeems me from destruction. I remember when I had a motorcycle. Big mistake. I thought it would be cool to be a motorcycle guy. So I bought this Honda 550 and took it out on the road. No helmet, no nothing. Didn't know how to drive the thing. Got it up to about 55, 65, and I didn't even know how to turn the thing. So I thought, well, this is the way you turn it. Well, guess what? That wasn't the way you turn it. You got to lean into the turn, and I'm going like this and like this, and the whole back end of that thing's going around like this. And I thought, boy, I was pretty close to destruction right there as fast as I was going. And then not too soon after that, because my life was headed toward destruction, we had just had a good rain shower at Darlene's house, and I was dating her, and I get in the back, and it's wet, and I'm on that thing in bib overalls and looking like a complete fool, headed for destruction, as ACDC would say, I was on a highway to hell. I'm serious, I was. And a dog cuts in front of me. Well, I still didn't know how to ride that thing. And I put on the brakes and went over the handlebars, and the motorcycle had the guts to run over me. <laughs> so I picked myself up off the ground and parked the motorcycle, and I went into dinner, and my right wrist was about this big around. And I had it up under the table trying to hide it from Darlene. <laughs> and she looks at me and says, why are you eating with your left hand? <laughs> and so finally I pulled it out, and uh, I won't tell you what she said, but Right after that, I pulled the motorcycle out front and put a for sale sign on it. And I thought, that's just an example of God redeeming my life from destruction. Because the next, God had warned me twice already to keep off of that thing. It wasn't good for me. I didn't know what I was doing. And when we get to messing with sin sometimes, and God says, be careful, don't be messing with that thing, you know, then we need to take that sin and put a for sale sign on it and sell it back to the devil because we don't want what he's got to offer. And he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Hallelujah. Verse 8, he satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. Sin is destruction. Forgiveness is life. And when I was thinking about my youth being renewed, you know, I got to figuring this out a little bit. It takes you a long time in life sometimes to figure out where you're going. But sin will put a load on you where you can't store. Doesn't mean that God loves us any less, but it's hard to get off the ground when you're loaded down with sin. And how does He renew us 
our youth like an eagle. What's an eagle do? An eagle flies above the situation and sees what's going on. He has eyesight that is unbelievable. He can see things that nobody else can see. And he just floats on the breeze. He goes as the wind directs. And when it says, Lord, you satisfy me with good things and you removed the destruction from my life. You removed the destructive things and you cast them away into darkness where they came from. And now I'm free. And no matter what age you are, when you realize that the burden of sin has been forgiven you and you've been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ, you can soar like an eagle and you can see things that you've never saw before. That's why the scripture's so alive, because you can read the Beatitudes four million times, and then the four million and one, you can read something you never saw before, and it's like an eagle eye, and God brings you to life again. Hallelujah. Well, last thing. And we'll take the Lord's Supper. Sometimes I, I'm glad I don't use many notes because then I have to, I feel, i got to find them. Look what it says in Psalm 73. <clears throat> Verse 21. Then I realized that my heart was bitter. This is David speaking. And I was torn up inside. When you're living a life of destruction, that's what happens. You're bitter, you're unforgiving, and you're torn up inside. And it says, I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you before you come to the Lord. You know how some of us acted? We acted like senseless animals. You know, it's amazing what man has a capacity to do is to reduce himself to almost nothingness when he listens to the wrong voices. Man's depraved. That's why he needs a Savior to save him from his depraved state. Look what else it says. Even through all that, I want to tell you today that he loves you because verse 23 says, yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. How many of you got a glorious destiny today? Who am I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My heart may fail, my spirit might grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. Hallelujah. And he is mine forever. And the King James has said, he is my portion forever. I better stop there. I want to talk about the privilege of God today that we have in our life.
privilege of God, the inheritance of God that's due your family. If you've stayed faithful to God and passed it on to the next generation, your family has an inheritance. Don't lose your inheritance. Realize the privileges that God's given you. And you know what? I was thinking about AARP and the VA. They send you something every day. And I got to thinking, you sit down and read them and you find out that those benefits aren't really that great because they're based on worldly things. And then Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not, I don't even have to go to the mailbox for His benefits. They're there all the time. His tender mercies are new every morning. His love never fails. And I can mount up today. If you're feeling a little burdened down, you can mount up as the youth and have youth like an eagle because you trust in Him. Amen. And so as we get ready to partake of the Lord's Supper here, let's celebrate the benefits of the Lord today and the privileges that we have. I'm a privilege. You know, people, there's a lot of talk in, uh, in the news and things about this kind of privilege and that kind of privilege and this kind of privilege. Doesn't bother me because I know where my privilege comes from and I know where my benefits come from. And I don't have to apologize for who I am because I'm a child of the King and I belong to Him. And He has set my feet to dancing.